Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And good morning, everybody. So today, uh, after many, many weeks of uh, not having anybody on, I am going to do a couple solo episodes for you as we tackle a few more of the attributes. And then we will wrap this series up here at the end of July. So um, the really cool thing for me, at least, thus far is I have been able to get so many great people to come on and talk about various attributes of God. And through that, we've been able, I've been able to put a lot of episodes pretty much like in my, you know, save them. So, um, I, I have uh, a lot of them in the bank to use that term. And so each week I can just kind of push one out and I've been ahead of schedule by at least four weeks. Um, cause I currently have, um, as I record this one just released today, it's a Friday morning that I'm recording this. And then I have two more, um, saved up for the next two weeks. And then I will be recording another one, um, the, uh, this coming week. So I've got quite a few already saved up. So, which is good for me. So, cause I want to keep delivering this content for everybody. I want to keep producing, you know, great biblical and easy to follow along with content. Um, so just to go through some uh, house cleaning uh, stuff before we really get into this particular episode. Um, I'm going to wrap this series up at the end of July. And I will have um, uh, Anthony come on and join me as we kind of do a, a recap of all of the attributes. And we're just going to kind of talk through some of our favorite ones and maybe some things that you know, really caught our attention through this series and we'll uh, wrap the show that way. But through that, I've got a couple solo episodes to wrap up through July with, which is why I'm recording this one now. And then uh, we will start getting into um, eschatology. So we will start looking at the end of times and how the different views line up and how can we uh, work through these 
what are biblical or how can we interpret these to be um, through various biblical lenses because people are all going to hold to different views I'm not going to say any are right and wrong but I want to really unpack them and to really lay them out to say okay how, what does scripture show in support of this and that and hopefully through this series I'll be able to solidify my position just absolutely in concrete and say this is it this is what I've got this is what I believe so as we continue to um, unpack and go through that series, um, I don't have a particular schedule lined up yet. I don't have any sort of um, you know, means of how I'm going to approach it. I know for sure I'm gonna look at uh, the four different views, but I also wanna look at text from like uh, Daniel and Ezekiel look at the four Gospels we're gonna go through Revelation we're gonna do a lot of unpacking of Scripture and so I'm guessing it's going to be north of 8 to 12 episodes it's going to take a few months for us to go through that so I'm very very excited for it and I really can't wait to start digging in I've got finishing up a current book right now um, just as casual reading and then this summer I've got uh, a couple books and some commentaries I'm gonna dig into to uh, help familiarize myself more and to really just kind of get uh, just not just get my feet wet but dive completely into it so so that's the next coming series <clears throat> we've got um, and after that I've got a couple other stuff planned out and lined up probably do a short Christmas series and then we'll do um, some of the lesser known uh, stories from scripture, books that are not generally or commonly talked about, you know, along with um, lesser-known characters. So that'll be probably well into 2021. So that's the housekeeping in on the show going forward. But uh, I got a couple other things I want to talk about real quick, and then we'll kind of uh, dig into the show. <clears throat> Excuse me. So just a few minor things. Um, I'm still tossing the idea about removing the undying light page i know that probably most of you don't really care about any of this but um i'm really thinking just you know uh, advertising it from my page has been just as well and i continue to put up um stories and posts to let people know that the newest episodes are out and obviously if you are uh, if you have subscribed you get that notification that there's a new episode so uh, and then as soon as they get promoted to the website, you'll get a notification too. So by the way, undyinglight.org is live. Um, I did put out a blog post the other day on it. Um, actually, by the time you hear this, it'll be a month ago. So hopefully there's a few articles out there by now. And uh, so the approach I'm taking right now with the blogs is uh, when I preach and I'm given a text, I'm going to write out just a blog post on my thoughts around that text and just um, kind of use it to kind of pick through some of my thinking and just try to see how it unfolds. And that's what I did with the first one I did back in uh, early June was uh, on Matthew 28. That's the sermon I preached on June 7th. Uh, and hopefully by the time this drops, we'll have some uh, good news for uh, ministry, however, as I record it, I'm still two days away from actually delivering that sermon because it's only June 5th. So, 
So housekeeping uh, is that. Uh, I also want to make sure to um, two other aspects. If you follow this podcast and you follow my ministry and you see it in your heart to help donate to this ministry, I have a patron page set up. We do. Um, uh, I, I try to do as much as I can to give back to you guys for as much as you've given to me. So I host um, uh, usually every two or three weeks. We'll do a Bible study. We're going through the book of Mark. Um, so we're looking at gospels and we'll probably do an epistle after this. Uh, I'd like to get it to do it at least every other week. Um, weeklies, at least for me as I record this pretty tough, but bi-weekly I can definitely handle. So we've got, uh, we, you know, I do that and then we do giveaways, you get t-shirts and, uh, you get early access to, um, podcasts and content, um, I'm also considering as I before I post stuff to the um, to our website about uh, putting it on the Patreon page. So probably by the time this airs, that kind of work will already be in, in effect. So if you see it fit and you see it in your heart, please don't hesitate. Um, you know, something as low as a dollar a month can go a long way for helping me because you know hosting the podcast. Actually, I host two of them. Uh, this one and a matter of truth. And uh, the equipment that we use, the hosting services, the, the maintaining of the website and all that stuff, you know, and all the little tools that I use to produce content uh, are starting to add up a little bit. So for those who are patrons, my production. So, you know, like I said, a dollar a month gets you all the content that uh, I give to everybody. I don't differentiate between um, tiers or anything like that. I want to make sure that everybody who donates gets a piece of the pie so and those who donate more you know i i can't even thank you enough um you guys are amazing i love you all so if you feel that you want to do that um you can reach out to me it's in my um ig page in my bio you can get to that through the uh, tree the link tree that i have set up there so uh that's the patron side also i want to talk a little bit about a matter of truth so the podcast that Anthony and I run, please, please, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes and leave us reviews because that is how that podcast grows. We've gotten so many great uh, people leaving us feedback and, and loving the show and, and they're catching as soon as we drop the drive-by episodes and release the monthlies. But please make sure that you subscribe on iTunes, you follow us on Spotify, but leave us reviews on iTunes so we can get the word out for that podcast. So that one is... Um, near and dear to my heart as well because I love sitting down and talking with him about just doing Q's and A's and going over various topics and just kind of uh, hammering out some thoughts so very much excited with that one so please make sure that you get on iTunes you subscribe leave us a review let us know what you think that would be greatly appreciated towards Anthony and I so Today's topic, as I ramble for 10 minutes, is God is holy. Now, I think this is one of the most, um, probably one of the deepest attributes because there's so much surrounding this and probably one of the most extensive ones. Um, so as per usual, I probably won't, you know, go into the real deep academical view, the real deep dive into it. I want to try to keep this as I have been very surface level. Uh, we will talk about some things, but we, we, I do want to make the emphasis 
how uh, that, that God is in fact holy, holy, holy. Now that phrase only actually shows up twice in all of Scripture. We see it first in Isaiah six three, and then we see it again in Revelation four eight. Isaiah six three reads, and one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Revelation four eight, and the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and the day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who is, who was and is, and is to come. So that just really puts this emphasis, just these two verses, just puts this magnificent emphasis on the holiness of God. Now, what does holy mean? What does it mean for God to be holy? Well, the definition of holy is uh, dedicated or or constructed to God. It is used as an exclamation or of surprise or dismay, unfortunately. Holy smokes is another one. Um, But it's supposed to declare uh, sacredness. We revel at God's holiness. It's trying to understand that he is set apart. He is sacred. He um, He is unlike anything that we can possibly imagine. Now, the definition of a biblical definition of holy is exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in God and goodness and righteousness. Divine for the Lord our God is holy, as Psalms 99.9 says, devoted entirely to the deity or the work of a deity, a holy temple, holy prophets. So there's some definitions to really think about as we consider what holy is. And I really want to focus here, exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. That is what our God is. He is perfect. Now, we will tackle perfect as an attribute in the coming weeks, but holy is today's topic. And for God to be holy means he is perfect. As we've stated this entire series, for one attribute to have power, all of the attributes have to support it. So we see this, this, this picture being woven together of all of the attributes coming together to, to create our understanding of God. God cannot be any more holy than he already is. He can't be any less holy than he already is. And God is holy, therefore, he cannot be unrighteous. He cannot sin, and sin cannot be in his presence. So we have to understand that too. We as sinners cannot be in our sinful state within the presence of God because he is holy. So as we start to dig into it, I really want to look at a uh, a whole plethora of passages today. So normally, you know, what, uh, what, what I kind of go through before I get into these passages um, on the show's construct is, is I get people on and we've talked about their favorite attribute and we talk about how it's impacted them 
What stories do they have where they can see that example come to life? And I have had some amazing conversations with people. I, I have learned so much on this journey, and I am so grateful for those who have, who have come alongside me to help bring this um, forward, this, this whole series together. But unfortunately, it's just me. So you get to listen to me drawing, uh, drain on here for a while. So uh, I don't have anybody to work with or talk to. However, I can talk about my experiences. And so I want to kind of share maybe a snippet of my testimony. Because I think that shows the reflection of God's holiness in my life. So when I was in my mid-20s, I, let's start a little earlier. When I was in my early 20s. I had this construct in my mind that I didn't have to go to church. I didn't have to um, participate in corporate worship. Uh, I was, me and God had an agreement. I don't let that silence sit there for a second. How boneheaded of me to even think that I can write a covenant with God, make an agreement and say, "Uh, I believe in you, Lord. But uh, I'm not going to go to church or anything. I'm not going to do that. And then, in, you know, on some of the holidays, I'd show up. You know, I'd dress up all nice and I'd go through the motions of the liturgy and, and I'd act like I knew what I was doing. But I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea who I was worshiping. And it took my wife to get me to go back to church. There was a new church that opened up down the street, and we um, decided to go for a few Sundays. And I'll tell you, hearing the gospel proclamation and just feeling the presence of God in that building started to shatter away at the stone heart that I carried. Started to break away this idea that uh, I, I had an agreement with God and I can go to church when I chose to go. So as these weeks and months kind of unpacked themselves in my life, I started to just eat up everything I could. I was in men's devotions. I was helping with the church and various ministries. I was with the youth. I was going to two church services uh, every week, one at the 8 a.m. so I can listen to the sermons, and then I'd go over and help with the youth. And then I was going on youth trips um, to help chaperone, uh, just the local stuff. Um, I was just trying to get so involved in whatever ministry I could because I thought that's what I had to do. And I crashed and burned because I was just so spiritually exhausted. I wasn't taking the time to nourish myself spiritually. And through all of that and then now coming into seminary, I've realized just the the awesomeness and perfection and holiness that God presents himself as and as i started to study scripture on a more on a on a deeper level i started to examine my walk with god and christ on a deeper level i realized that god is so perfect and so just so holy that he doesn't need my good works he doesn't need me doing all these things for him. He has no need for any of that. 
he is holy. And it seemed to have taken me a while to really understand that. Because I thought, you know, I had to you know, do all of these things to earn his love. I had to do all these things to earn my salvation. And I was just completely ignorant of the whole gospel message. And it just took time and, and reading and studying to understand that. But what really was the major impact was the fact that I got to realize that my works were not for God, but they were for my neighbor. And it, you know, it, and it just took time for me to really start to unpack all this. And then I started reading some books from A.W. Tozer and I started to discover the reformers and come across A.W. Pink and I started reading into Calvin and Knox and you know, and so my theology just blossomed. It blew up. It exploded. And the one thing that always just kind of, if you would, gut punched me was the holiness of God. That I was so wretched. My sin was so black and, and I was so much separated from him that it took the death of his son to come and clean me to come and wash me free so that is an attribute that i have hung to dearly in the years that god's holiness and and i think that's an attribute that's often misplaced in the church today we don't we don't understand god's holiness we don't fear god's holiness and yet we sit and sing God's love all day long. We sing that, you know, God wants all people and we produce this universal message of acceptance. But God makes it explicitly clear throughout all of scripture that those who are unrepentant, those who do not believe in him and his son for salvation will be condemned. So as we unpack this, we quickly find that describing his holiness, as even I have struggled to here, is probably one of the most difficult ones to really explain. Partly because it's not one of his essential attributes, and it's not obviously in any fashion shared with man. We are created in God's image, yes, and we share many of his attributes to a much lesser extent. Of course, his love, his mercy, his faithfulness, and in some cases, it's truthfulness. But some of God's attributes, such as the omnis, we will never share. And similarly, his holiness is not anything that we can possibly possess in our sinful nature. And on top of that, it's probably one that we can hardly comprehend. Now, we say we we become holy in a relationship to Christ because his holiness is imputed to us. We have his imputed righteousness on us, but we still don't have God's holiness in us. And that's what separates him from his creation. God is holy and we are not. God's holiness is just more than his perfection or sinless purity. It's the essence of his otherness, his transcendence. God's holiness embodies the mystery 
of his awesomeness and causes us to gaze in him and wonder as we begin to comprehend just a little bit of his majesty. Now, I took some of those um, from a couple websites to kind of break down his holiness because it's a, it's a very difficult attribute to begin to even comprehend. It's, it's one that we just sometimes really struggle with. And I think the church really struggles with his holiness because we can't really define it, but we can try to put it into a concept that makes it easier for us to understand that God is holy. And because of that holiness, he is to be worshiped and to be feared. We are called to believe in him. We are called to repent. And I think the church has missed a lot of this message. Now, I went over a lot of the the issues that I found in today's cultural churches um, on my series that we did late last year, earlier this year. Uh, I think most of them were probably last year, but you know the conditions of the modern church. I talked about those already on a podcast, but I still think that this is one that just does not get exclaimed enough. Now we might sing it in a song or two, and the pastor might make a passing remark. But to really think and just sit in awe and wonder at the holiness of God should make one tremble because God Almighty is holy and we are not. And we are separated by our sin. But in his mercy, he sent his son to die for us, to close that chasm, to close that gap. And to bring us into a right relationship with him again. Only because we have the imputed righteousness of Christ. Can we even begin to have a working and loving relationship with God. And so that's kind of my story and my take on his holiness. I'm just, like I said, it's probably one of my most favorite attributes. Because it is one that just, it separates God from everything else. There's no other lowercase g God in this world that can claim to be holy. There's no other religion that can claim that their God is, is holy like ours is. There's no other religion that comes close to the attributes that our God carries. And so before we get into the text and I start to kind of unpack some of this, I really want you to just sit and just in awe and wonder and just marvel at his holiness. If you're listening to this in a car, um, do this when you get home. If you're at home and you're sitting down listening or you're even at work with your headphones in, I want you to just take a moment and just close your eyes and go into prayer and just thank God for his holiness and his mercy upon us. His mercy upon us and his holiness as a character attribute. Because we could never on our own methods, our own ways, our own works, even come close to working back towards God. Paul tells us that we were dead in our sins, spiritually dead. We had no desire for anything that is holy and righteous. Paul kind of lays it out pretty clean when he writes in Romans chapter three, verses 10 through 20. Paul makes it very clear there. I'm just going to bring that up. I want to read that over because I just want to show the the chasm that 
uh, sin has brought to us and how much it has separated us from God. Paul writes, as it is written, no one is righteous and no, not one. No one understands and no one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are, are swift to shed blood. And their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified by his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Paul just doesn't hold anything back as he's going through that text. And that is, that is us spiritually dead. That is us without the regeneration of Christ. I, it just, I just marvel at that now. And I can say, God, you are holy, holy, holy. I am just, I really, I really want to stress that for you listening. I really want you to just, you know, put that into your mind as you go forward today and tomorrow and into the weekend and the following week, just to really grasp his holiness. If you get nothing out of this episode, just marvel and spend time just in awe of him the one who created you the one who knew you before he formed you the one who called you out before the foundations of the world the one that washed your sins away the one that says you are justified because of my son this is the god we serve ah oh, i love that i just oh it just gives me chills so we've got a little bit of time left. Um, actually, we've got plenty of time left. So we're going to dig into some scripture now, finally, because uh, that's the that's the whole that's the whole cake to this, right? It's all the butter, uh, butter to the cake, I guess. I don't know. Maybe the cake mixed to the cake. One of the two. It's the foundation. It's everything. Without scripture, we are lost, and we are we have nothing. Without God's word, we are like the rest of the world. For Samuel chapter 2, verse 2, There is none holy like the Lord. There is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Leviticus 19.2 Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Now, before I continue on, I really want to kind of examine Leviticus 19 really quick. Because this is a text that is really often manipulated and this and there's some others, but this is one that's, especially in the New Testament, this is one that's often manipulated by perfectionists and Christian perfectionists. They say uh, that you shall be holy for I, your Lord, I, the Lord, your God, am holy. They make this claim that you have the ability to be holy. You are to be perfect. And there's other texts that help support that concept, if you would. But in the reality is, is that it's impossible for us to achieve that. It is not even remotely close for us to come and say, I'm holy. I don't have any sin. Now we can take the and, and look at the definition of holy, as I examined earlier, and to really grasp the biblical text, uh, 
to be exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. We won't be that holy. It's not possible. But we can say that I am striving towards doing the things that God has called me to do and obeying the commandments. That can be a condition of holy. That can be a, a real light definition, if you would. I am I am holy as I do these things for God. But the biblical definition of God's attribute of holiness, not even close. We'll never be there. And not even close to even beginning to fathom that we can possibly be perfect. So we have to make that distinct, that distinction from when it's calling us to be holy, it's calling us to act and walk in the commandments that God has provided us for I, your Lord, I, the Lord, your God am holy. First Peter one sixteen. since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Guess what? First Peter's echoing Leviticus right here. Same concept. Be holy as in obeying the commandments that God has given you and work that through. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the commandments that Christ has given us. This is what all the commandments can be summed up into those two. Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. We've already said Revelation 4, 8 and Isaiah 6, 3. I quoted Psalm 99, 9 earlier. So Exodus 15, 11. I'm just got a, I just got a list here, so I'm just going down them. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesomeness, and glorious deeds, doing wonders? I really like this text because it kind of goes back to what I said just a few minutes ago. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Think about that. There is no God in this world that carries those attributes, right? Especially as Moses is writing this in this time period, the Egyptians worshipped so many gods. And there's so many pagan religions that were flourishing in this time. They worshipped everything, the sun and the moon and the the rain and they worshiped all of the all of these elements and they had you know the gold and silver and bronze and they worshiped statues of all these inanimate objects and they had gods for the stars and if you get into more modern biblical times into like when Paul was going out you know the Greek gods and things like that to contend with um, none of these gods are real they're just made up they have they hold no significance. They have no eternal worth. They are simply fabrications of the mind. They are they are stories that have been passed down and taught that this is who we worship. Oh, if we don't want to anger this guy, we better give psalms to him or we better uh, we better pay tribute to this God, or we better make a sacrifice to that God. Oh, we're going to war, so we need the God of war to be on our side. None of that was obviously real. Because as quickly as it came out, it quickly faded in its stream of time. But the one thing to truly be just to hold in his majestic holiness is our God, his attributes that have um, exceeded time and space. 
that I just, I, I can't again, stress that enough that there is none like him. Revelation 15, four, who will fear, O Lord, the glory of your name for you alone are holy. All nations come to worship you for your righteous acts have been revealed. Oh man, there's just so much meat here. First Thessalonians 3.13, so that he may establish your hearts blameless and holiness before our God, the Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all of his saints. Ephesians 1.4, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we shall be holy and blameless before him in love. Now I want to kind of sit on Ephesians 1.4 for a minute too. When I stressed earlier that he chose us from the beginning of the world, he chose us so that we may be holy and blameless. Let's really focus on that. We are to live our lives in, in dedication to God, serving him, worshiping him. We are to be set apart from the world. We are not to uh, play a role in the destruction of the world. We are not to fall into line with the social unrest and social justice of the world. We are to be holy and blameless. We are to be an example and we are to be so set apart from the world that the world looks at us like we are weird and different because we are. Because God chose us. And then because of that, we have this glorious gospel message to share with the world. And because of that, we will be hated. We will be shunned. We will be cast out. We will lose family members. We will lose friends. We could lose a job. We could lose our lives. But it, in the service of God, that is what we are called to do. My sermon that I preached on June 7th is about the Great Commission, where Jesus tells his disciples, go into the world and make disciples. And that is the call here as I'm, as I'm reading this text, that we should be holy and blameless before him to fulfill the commands that he gave us, to do and live in accordance to him, holy and blameless. We are to be set aside from the world, to be set apart from the world. I just, I, I love how these texts can breathe so much life. Second Corinthians 7.1, since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. 1 Corinthians 6.19, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Now these two texts here can be interpreted in a few different fashions. So I really want to, um, to kind of camp on it. Actually, I'm going to throw a third one in here. It says 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? So Paul is writing two different letters here to the same church at Corinth. Uh, we have First Corinthians and Second Corinthians here, and in these two, these three sets of verses, he is emphasizing uh, a cleanliness of body and spirit to bring holiness and completion in the fear of God. He's calling our bodies temples of the Holy Spirit. Our, we are not our own, and that we are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in us. So we have that picture, that imagery. Now, some people love to argue that getting a tattoo is defiling God's body. Well, we don't necessarily see that in these texts. 
some hold to that. That's not a, that's not an issue. If you have a stumbling block that thinking that getting a tattoo is sinful and defiling the body, then don't do it. But we can't encroach upon what other people think when they say, well, I don't see how that's, you know, it's not a stumbling block to me. So we have to be very careful with how we present these texts outside of their intended meaning. Interpretation can go a few different ways, as I've said. However, when we look at this text, we have to understand that this is calling for us to continue, as I've said um, up in Ephesians and prior, that we are to be holy and blameless, that God's Spirit dwells in us. That is to do the works of God, not to just willingly sin whenever we choose to, not to engage in sinful acts, not to... Um, let our tongues just, you know, sprout off at at the at a moment's notice. We are to be quiet, set apart. We are to be focused on Christ and His glory. So, please, when we look to text we have to understand the greater context we have to understand the meaning now these are just single verses and a couple things you know there's a couple phrases that we've pulled out um, but we have to understand that what God is calling us to be and that's to be set apart to be holy to be blameless now when as I said earlier that does not mean that we are going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that we won't backslide. That doesn't mean that we won't sin. But we are to be an example, to be different, to be, um, to 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 be so radical in that people look at us and say, "Why are you so nice? Why are you so kind and loving and gentle?" And you can say, "Because Christ has saved me." from my sins and I want to share that with you. I want you to know that Christ can share and can can take you from your sins and, and and deliver you from the pain of this world. So as I wrap this short episode up, um and short because I only really talked about twenty minutes on his holiness, I really want to stress this fact that this is such a complex topic. It it stretches across all of his attributes. Without God being holy, without God being you know being distinguished and and sinless, then we can't understand the other attributes of God. As we can't understand, take any attribute and remove it, and then we 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 lose some of the nature of God. And the unfortunate side is is that many churches today have, you know, um, pulled away from God's holiness. Some of these churches today have. You know, maybe just don't stress it enough because it might offend some people. But there's there's t- scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture that God is holiness, that God is holy, and we are not. And it just continues to go and set this this you know set the bar. It continues to s- distinguish our God. From the rest of the world's gods, it distinguishes our God from who the world sees as a God, and it distinguishes our God in our view. We should not just sit and accept the watered-down 
Christian Americanized version of God. We are to stand and fight going forward. And as I record that, this is what my the fire in my heart has been to stand and go forward fighting for the nature of God in the minds and eyes of people today. Because we have such a watered down and diluted version and vision of God that we think we can create our own God in our own mind and we can worship that. And there will be many who do. But what we have to do is continue to show that God is holy. He does not tolerate sin. He does not tolerate unrighteousness. And he will punish those who are sinful and unrighteous. But we should walk in and in, in just pure awe and wonder that God in his mercy called us out and has imputed his righteousness on us through Christ. So that way we may be holy and blameless before him. So again, like I said, this is not even the beginning of a deep dive. And, but I really just want to stress that, you know, that nature today. I really wanted people to just really kind of spend some time and marvel at it. Because I really enjoy looking at this from just a very simple view. Something that we don't generally talk about and, and try to maybe unpack a little bit. Now we can get into the ins and outs of his nature and understanding, oh, you know, if God is not holy, then this, that, and the other can't happen. Or we have to understand that if, um, you know, how can God be, you know, this attribute with while being that attribute and how do these intertwine? We can get into all that. I mean, by all means, we could. However... I, I, what I've, like I said, I started out back in May that I want this to be something easy and I want it to be impacting and I want it to just make you just sit and think for a few minutes and just, and, and just gaze out into God's magnificent creation and just say, wow. So I hope I did that today. I hope I made you think a little bit and I hope I challenged you a little bit and I hope I encouraged you a little bit. Now, as I've always said, when we look at text, we have to understand the context behind it. We have to understand the audience behind it. We have to understand the meaning. Why is this being said? Who is it being said to? All that stuff. We have to. Because if we don't, then we miss the bigger purpose of, um, of what God has called us to. We have to rightly divide the text. That's it, right? We have to rightly divide the text. So, as we, as I close down the show, I want to make sure that a couple last minute things are addressed. That if you haven't subscribed on iTunes or any social or any podcast platform, please do so. Subscribe to us and um, leave us a review. Send me your thoughts. If you have any complaints or anything, on um, send them to me on uh, DM. I'm always willing to look at them. I want to grow. I want to in, ensure that uh, what I am speaking is truth and is edifying to you. So please, by all means, leave me all the feedback. Rate my show. Tell me what you guys think. If you want to contribute to this ministry, please, by all means, jump on Patreon and, and, and do so. And I will ensure that you get looped into all of the stuff that we're doing there. So guys, again... The pledge is about 45 minutes per episode. We're at 46 as I probably close it out around 47 or 8. I really hope that this 
you know, I did some house cleaning early on and then I um, dove into this topic. So I really hope it uh, made an impact on you. It was a little bit shorter than what I've done in the past, but again, no guests. So I don't have, you know, um, their stories to play into. So um, hopefully I've got three more episodes by myself. We're going to look at self-existing God's perfection and his incomprehensibility. I don't know if I'm going to get guests on those or yet. I'm still working through scheduling as it's still early June. And uh, I hope that we can continue to deliver a series that you guys uh, absolutely love. And I can't wait to get into eschatology because I feel that one's going to be an absolute fire series. So, guys, until next time, I hope you all have a great weekend. God bless. Love you all. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.